The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the biggest race of the season. These walls are filled with history. Too damn fat to be climbing fences. <laughs> I got beat at my own game, I guess. He was with me tonight. I don't know how I did it. I dedicate this win to him. The most exciting stock car race I have ever seen in my life. We're going to have a terrific crash here. An incredible, daring, long it paid off. William Byron fighting on the inside for the lead. Holy yeah. Richard Petty has won the 200th race of his career. I understand that no one in the whole history of racing has ever won 200 races. My bad, guys. It's a must-win situation in Daytona now. One last chance to get into the playoffs. Hey everybody, welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Daytona has always created excitement and amazing finishes <laughs> and memories, and it did it again Saturday night. Fortunate to be here today, Steve Latart. Brad Doherty is joining us from all the way on the other side of the country. We're making him, making him play on our time today. He's on West Coast time. Glad to have you guys. What were your first thoughts about Daytona? Well, I didn't know what to expect going in the cut race, only because I think Daytona changes every time we go there. Um, there was all this buzz about a little less horsepower, a little less drag. How's it going to race? And Brad, if nobody would have told me there was less horsepower, I'm not sure I would have even known. They looked just as fast. They were just as racy as ever. I do think that the drivers had to work a little harder for good runs, which I like. Right, Brad? Like, I want to see drivers yeah. that are good at this. Sure. I don't want anybody sure. to just drive up through the pack. So I think you had to be good at it. But in the end, I, I was not disappointed at all. No, I, I agree. Uh, you know, we didn't know if there were going to be tandems, how you were going to go forward, what you were going to do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. It was fun to watch. Uh, but in the end, it kind of played like played out like it always does. You know, there's always the big one, and there's a mess, and people going everywhere. But you're right, guys could not get away from one another. Uh, didn't have enough power to pull up off the corner. If you had a great race car, you really had to be strategic, utilize the air. So we got to watch a lot of skill with side drafting and all that. It was a blast, a lot of fun. I've got two, two destroyed race cars, so I'm glad we're not going back for a while. <laughs> I will say, there was a few points in the race where the drivers, when we thought this would happen, at the front, started to get organized and started taking it to the top. And I kind of took a deep breath and said, well, let's just see how this plays out. A couple times we were saved by yellows that would bunch the field back up, but that wasn't the only thing. The other thing I saw is why the front three or four, Jeff, would say, hey, let's go to the top. The guy in 10th about every time said, no, 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 no. And they would drive a bottom line. So there was definitely something more on the line that forced these guys to continue to push the issue. I didn't see any real cruising. I thought, it was, I thought it was amazing as we got to the end of the race, and I looked up, and how many guys 
that if he could win that race, they were going to advance into the playoffs, their only win of the year, perhaps their first win ever. There was a lot of them sitting there. But Ryan Blaney, you know, he's the winner. He's, this is the third time he's won this year. He said, you know what, I know how to win these races. I'm going to take this one too. And that's what he did. And it shows you why we have a group of drivers in the playoffs. They are the best. They find a way to execute. That's, that's what this sport's all about. Now, you've heard from us. You've heard what we initially thought about Daytona. Be sure to call in. We love the callers on Monday. It's so much fun to hear the drivers' enthusiasm, their excitement, and even their disappointments. We want to hear that, too, because we all know you're a fan of somebody. A wreck-filled race, guys. It was a ton of wrecks, ton of carnage. Let's go check out some of the footage. It's amazing wrecks. All right, so so here's here's the first wreck that that took out Truex. Truex got into this. This was kind of one of those weird Daytona wrecks. Here, this one was just aggressive racing. Uh, to me, this one right here, guys, Chase Elliott just going after it. You know, trying to block, trying to keep that run from coming. I don't see. I know if you're at home, here's the last one. You know, with Truex. I'm, I'm sorry, with Suarez. I thought Suarez was a good opportunity. He's sitting there looking at possible win right in front of him. It's just drivers making aggressive moves. And if you're at home, you're probably saying, why make that move? You know you're going to wreck. But sometimes it works. And if well, you don't make it, you can't win. If you're not willing to make that move, Brad, stay home. Because that's the move yeah. you'll have to make yeah. to win at Daytona. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And, and especially, like we say, with, with the, the less, less power. I mean, you had to really be aggressive and defend your position or take positions. You could not be meek at all throughout the day. And every inch of racetrack you could take and establish – was going to be yours. And uh, as you guys know, I thought it was fascinating. You know, whenever we race at Daytona, even though it's a super speedway, your car has to handle. Well, with this rules package, it really had to handle well. You had to make good decisions. And there was a little pressure on those, those crew chiefs when you came down, whether you're going to get, get tires or just go with fuel. Usually, Steve, you guys get to take the weekend off when we race at Daytona. Not the other what? night. You had to make a few decisions because you were, you were amongst them. Well, you have to make a few decisions. I'm going to tell you what, Brad, I'd like to talk to your two crew chiefs because I have no idea what Chevrolet or Toyota were thinking in that final stage. I'm sorry. I saw <laughs> oh, the Ford's pit, I was and I got and it. made perfect sense. I was sense. yelling and screaming. Please. Like, when, when they I – I kept – I told our guys, come early. If you're not going to take tires, don't, don't wait. Don't wait. Oh, it kills me. I, I think it was a bad move by all the Toyotas and Chevrolet. Well, we talked about it. The yellow was the downfall. And then I said, well, they're going to come get take tires. That's why they waited, because tires are so important. Then when I didn't take tires in the yellow, I actually oh. took my headset off during the break and went and made a coffee, because I was like, apparently I have, I've lost my mind. I'm not sure what's going on so, here. So, so, so let's explain this. Let's explain this. So Ford's pitted early, right? They pitted early, yeah. got on pit road, got their service done, and others sat there and rode around, rode around, rode around, waited too long, and a caution came out. Right. When the caution came out, now... You're immediately starting behind all the Fords. Seven Fords, one through seven. And guess who won? A Ford. So, you know, it made no sense. It made no sense why, as soon as you can't get there on fuel and you're not going to take tires, I just can't understand why they didn't hit the road. What was the gain if you weren't going to take tires? That just didn't make sense. And a lot of people, I can guarantee you, are questioning themselves today. And there's a lot of car owners doing Hey, man, <laughs> help me understand this because it was not the right call. Well, the beauty no. is everybody says track position, track position, track position. Let me give you a little hint. Everybody's trying to get it. So the longer you wait, the harder it is going to be to get. So, but, hey, you mentioned the callers. We want them to call in. NASCAR, I hear you're calling in. What's up, buddy? Yeah, you guys just touched on it. Um, I, I really want to know all three of your opinions. I thought when Ford did that, when all the Fords did that, I said – 
You see, we heard you. This could go bad if the group catch him. But I thought that was a great call by the Fords. Um, even though it's Daytona and it's a crapshoot, wasn't that really a big, big factor in this race? I mean, Blaney came out of that group and won. Do you think we'll see more of that as we go back We go back to Talladega or something like that? So I'll jump on this because it's a strategy call in NASCAR. I'm just going to call it like it is. It wasn't that great a call by the Fords. It was an absolute fumble by the other two. Fords didn't do anything Absolutely. that we haven't seen. We have seen this time right. and time again at the Speedways. That's what I didn't understand is Fords came great. Three or four laps later, you know, because let, – so let, let, they, I would give a little glimmer of hope to the Chevys and the Toyotas about one thing. For about the next six or seven laps, they were a solid half a second faster than the Fords. Six laps, half a second. It's a three-second gain, right? Okay, so you gained three seconds on the cars that had pitted, but then picked to try to cycle in front of them. My point was, like, there was no ends to their means. Like, what were they trying to get to? So, NASCAR, I appreciate the call. You're absolutely right. This was huge to the strategy of the race. But, Brad, I'm yeah. not going to give credit to the Fords. I think they made the obvious nope. call. I, I want to take credit away from the other guys for not countering. They are absolutely a, a blunder by the Toyotas and Chevrolets. As soon as the Fords pitted, it's fine. Run one, run two, maybe three more laps. You know, you're scared you're going to get caught by the caution anyway. And just think about this. Chase Elliott took the two tires. He went back to 20th. And by the time everything started coming back to him, which I'm talking about is cautions, they're going to happen. Even if you go back to 25th with new tires, you're going to work your way to the front because of cautions. And it's going to play right into your hands. You come down and only take fuel like my race team did. You've, put your, you've locked yourself into a position and now you're going to have to scratch, claw, and fight, and you're going to be the caution. It was a blunder. Chevrolet's and Toyota screwed up big time. So I, so I will say I want to give credit to Alan there um, because we, we kind of grouped them all together for easy conversation. Right, right, right. But when he put four tires on Chase Elliott, I was worried, not because it was a wrong. I love the call, but I was worried because I'm like, man, now you're back in the pack. I hope you get lucky. We showed that highlights in the wreck. <laughs> Guess who was leading the race right. when, he, when the wreck all went? Like Chase Elliott got there, right? So, yeah. so the four tires worked. Yeah. Well, there he is. And he, he started, he restarted like 22nd or something. Yeah. So yeah, he came to the front. That was smart. Yeah. And, and so, NASCAR, you said our, our team's going to do this in the future. They've already been doing this. Right. This was not right. a new strategy that Ford all of a sudden played. This is something that's been going on for a long time. Even this is, you almost got to get in road course mentality, right? The worst, the, what yes. you, you know, a, a caution yeah, is going to kill right. you. It's not like, it's not like places where you, if you, if they pit and you lap them and the caution comes out, that's an advantage to the people that stayed out. But not here, not on the road courses, if you, if you, don't, you don't lap them. So now they just line up in front of you because they're not going to pit again. And this has already been going on. So uh, I don't know. I, I didn't understand it Saturday night. I looked, I looked, I looked, <laughs> I looked through the window at Steve, and I, he, he, like, turned white. <laughs> and he, like, I thought he was going to pass out there for just a moment. <laughs> but he was oh, like, I, what are I we was, doing? <laughs> I was losing my mind. I was losing my mind just watching my race car because I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm with DJ, and I was like, we got to go. I got to text. I got to come. We need to, we need to come. We need to come down pit road and get two tires right now. You know, do it right now. And, and I just sat there, and I was horrified by the caution, just like you're talking about, Jeff. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. And you know it's coming. So, so, but the, they just stayed there and stayed there and stayed there. And my blood pressure was probably 200 over 100. I just, and then when we came, just the fuel only, 
What are we doing? What are we doing? So we need to put a whoop on Brad. That would a whoop on Brad would have been great. It would have been his heart rate. <laughs> we are going to have to touch on that. That that whoop data though. We had one driver around 13140 and one driver cruising under 100. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, I equated it to this because somebody goes, man, today I got a couple phone calls from friends. And they're like, you think that was like 100% accurate? And I said, well, I know one thing. Not that I'm a big gym goer, but if you ask me a few simple questions on a dead sprint on the treadmill when my heart rate's 150, I don't make the same great decisions I do if I'm walking at four miles an hour. <laughs> so I think what we saw out of Denny Hamlin is real. And I think this is more something we're going to continue to talk about all through the future, which is a lot like golf, right? Really, it's a lot like conditioning, right, Brad? When you played hoops, yeah. right, you had to be a talented sure. basketball player. But if you had better conditioning, it wasn't well, just sure. you still had a good step. You still made good decisions because right. right. that blood wasn't trying to go just to your lungs. It was going to your brain, too, trying to keep you making good choices. Well, I, I think, Absolutely. too, I think experience matters, right? You know, you've been there, done that. Uh, you know, your heart rate isn't as high just because you're accustomed to it. You know, yeah, right. people get accustomed to all kinds of things. You wouldn't think they could get accustomed to four wide, three wide, 200 mile an hour wrecking, <laughs> but they do. Uh, so there's a reason enough. some of them keep rotating to the front. That's correct. Right? That's correct. So we talked about a lot of disappointing crew chiefs and that caution came out, but there are a lot of disappointed drivers, drivers that had a real shot to get in this race and got caught up in wrecks late in the race or throughout the race. So let's go back and relive and listen to some of those guys. It just wasn't meant to be there, following teammate Kurt in the 99 with Daniel there um, up through the middle, and uh, it all broke loose. Racing around those guys, like they maybe, maybe you know, get a little more used to uh, the old watermelon farmer up there. So it's um, it's pretty cool. Um, and like I said, yeah, just just keep, keep – I have to learn. I know I've been in this a little while now, but not racing up front and cup at Daytona. It's a whole other ball game. These boys are really good, so um, I'm just trying to learn from them. Uh, the car was fast. We didn't show it, obviously, in the first half. We were just taking it easy. But when it was time to go, we were going somewhere. And uh, I thought we were going to win it, honestly. When, when the one was pushing me that way, I thought we were going to win it. When I made the move to pass the, the four car, I, I haven't seen the replay. I don't know if he wasn't square to me when he was pushing me, if he pushed me in the right rear or something, because he just tore me. But uh, it feels so much better to... To get wrecked when you are battling for the for the for the for the win than you know wrecking in the box. No, normally we race here with the reins pulled back, so to have our Bill Bar Camaro up front and we got some stage points. We led a lap. It was kind of a dumb move, but I wanted to lead a lap. It felt good, so uh, it was uh, it was fun, man. It's uh, it sucks to end short like that, about a half lap short, but we were in position. They knew we were here, so on to Darlington. You know, we got back in, I think, the top ten there, then it caught in one of the wrecks, and there at the end, with the, obviously the big one. So, unfortunate. Uh, you know, I wish we could have got our mobile one forward in victory lane, but go to Darlington next week and just reset our goals, you know, to a top 20 now in points and just keep continuing on what we built on, I feel like, the last month and a half. So, should be a good one at Darlington. Looking forward to it. I don't know. Looking back, I wish I'd have been a little more patient and probably stayed in the top line, but I had a run, and they all kind of bobbled getting into three. Um, so, I kind of went with the 17 to – just to see if we could get all the way to the front. Um, 42 kind of left us at the line, and our night was over there. We were kind of in the middle, had a big run, and then the crash happened. So two weeks in a row, we've had great cars out of the three team and just haven't got the finishes uh, we'd like to have. But uh, very thankful that the good Lord took care of us tonight, and we get to race at Darlington next week. For- unfortunate that we're not in the playoffs, but we, uh, we gave it all we could and, and fought to the very end. It's, it's always pretty interesting to me how drivers view things differently. You go listen to what they said. Ross Chastain's like, 
hey, man, I'm young. I still need to learn. Suarez, I thought I was going to win. I was, you know, uh, LaJoy, he was like, hey, all right, I'm happy, right? right he was right. all good. Briscoe was down, and Austin was really reflective. He was like, you know, the move I made two laps before is what got me in. I, and I think that's important. I, I, I know that you stick a camera in your face, and what are people going to say? But the first thing they say matters to me. Sometimes I throw it out and say that's just emotion. But when they've had a little bit of time to think, you know, I like to hear what they said. And, and some of them were, you know, that was me. I could have done something better. Some of them were like, ah, that's just racing. It's really interesting. And disappointment, you learn a lot about people. Ross Chastain is a driver that I think I've been pretty hard on the last couple of years. The moves on the racetrack, I didn't love comments in the media. I didn't, I didn't feel I could support or get behind. That comment right there, I could 100% get behind. That's a young driver who knows what he's doing next year, who has proven himself on Saturdays. I have zero doubt he could get in a winning Xfinity car right now and be capable of winning a race. But what did he say? He goes, I have to come here. I've come here and I've raced, but I haven't run up front, Brad, with these guys yeah. at the Cup Series. You know, the fast guys, the guys up front. So to him saying, you know, I learned something, that's what I like to hear. Same thing with Briscoe. I think these young drivers were put in positions that other than Dylan, a guy who's won the you know, Daytona 500. But when I look at the rest of them, Briscoe, Corey, uh, Suarez, and Ross, those four drivers are going to go back and re-watch this, re-listen to it with yeah. their spotter, and they're going to see a ton of stuff they would do different, and that's the most important thing in my mind. Yeah, just like Jeff said earlier, experience is key. And you saw it the other night. We saw Corey uh, LaJoy, you know, he, he, for the first time, he had a race car that was cut loose, had every it was full power, go race your guts out. And, man, he had a great time, but, boy, he was, he was swatting yellow jackets sometimes when he was up front there because, you know, it's, it's a different level. And as Jeff can tell you, and as you know, Steve, when you get up front and you run with the big boys and these guys are the best in the world at what they do, uh, it's a whole different animal. And there's less give and take, and there's so much talent and ability and equipment. It's a different learning level. So for all of these young drivers, I love hearing this from Ross. I love hearing this. You know, from Corey and, and Briscoe and, and even Austin, who has some success and still is a young driver, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to take from, from what they experience. And when they come back or we go to Talladega, they're going to be that further down the road and they will be better race car drivers. And that's just going to put on a better show for us. And I'll say it time and time again, when somebody says, hey, who's going to win the championship? I said, well, you get the final four guys at Phoenix and somebody's going to have to do what they can do. How do you win at Daytona? You're either in the picture at the start-finish line or in the last wreck. And, and I say that because Ross, Suarez, Corey, Briscoe, Dillon, every one of them, until the wreck happened, I could make a case could have won it at the start-finish. Like, my point is, even Corey, three lanes up at the top, way behind. But, man, the momentum was starting to come forward. Suarez was making a move to pass the second-place car, right? You just yeah. heard Austin Dillon, an experienced driver, said, well, I was getting a heck of a run. Now, he was behind a lot of cars, but we have seen – Guys win from fourth, fifth, sixth in line on the end of the backstretch. So, you know, I, I, what are you going to do? The big wreck got them all. Well, we didn't get to see it play out. That was the only, if anything on Sunday night, the one thing I was sad about or Saturday night is I love it when a plate race gets back to the line. Because yeah, then I felt yeah. like I got to see the whole yeah, show. I, yeah. didn't get, I didn't get short at half an act, right? And I really believe that I think Blaney probably still had it won. Don't get me wrong. But, man, I would like to see you talking about fighting Hornets and Yellow Jackets. He would have been swatting flies from turn four to the trial, and I wanted to see it. That last one mile is the most captivating of the race. So one thing I know for sure, and I wish I would have had the opportunity uh, to spend more time with Dale Jr., not as a competitor, when I was competing, if that makes any sense. Because... You know, watching and talking to him about speedway racing was is a completely different 
way than I did it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that you can be better at speedway racing if you work at it. If you just look at the wrecks and you say, I was in these wrecks. Yep. Well, eh, what am I going to do? Right. Eh, it's plate racing. Huh? You're not going to get better. You've got to sit down and you've got to find a way to be better at it as, as opposed to saying, hey, I'm just a victim. Now, there's a better chance of being a victim at Daytona oh, yeah. than anywhere yeah. else you go. But, but at least be at the front doing it. At least go back and say, what could I have done different? How could I position myself better? It is a skill to it. There's a reason Dale Jarrett's a three-time Daytona 500 winner. There's a reason for that. It wasn't luck. And, there's, and, and it's fast cars, but it's also drivers really working at it and not just saying, hey, it's plate racing, and I don't have much in my control. Yeah, there's a reason those yeah. names continue to show up at the front, Brad, right? You see two to go yeah. in the overtime. You go, oh, look, the same four guys are in the top six. That's a great point. And, and as, we, as we were sitting there Saturday night, DJ said just that. I mean, we were watching these young guys just scrambling at the top, at the front of the pack. And that's where you want to be, just like you're talking about. You got the power, you got the equipment, stay up front. But it was like you say, they were swatting at flies. And he looked at me and said, it takes a lot of talent to stay there. That's where you want to be, but the talent has to be there. And that's the experience that we're talking about these guys are going to gain. But DJ said that to me Saturday night, so that's dead on. That's spot on what you're talking about. And when you watch Dale Earnhardt Jr. at these places over the years of his career, it was unbelievable. He was hardly ever in the big wrecks. He was always, he was never in, and, and he was always trying to charge, get to the front, working on runs, working on things, but he was always going by people, and I just think it's critical, and I think you're right, uh, Jeff. I think you can continue to learn how to race better here, and you just don't give up and say, we're going to Talladega, Daytona. It is what it is. No, you have to have a plan and execute that plan. You can win these races. All right, you see the number on the screen there. Call in. We love talking to you. Uh, Kyle, you're taking time out of your day to give us a call. What do you have? Hey, guys, so I want to back up to uh, Friday night and the Xfinity race and the rain delay. And you guys replayed the 2001 Daytona race with Dell Jr. winning. And I just know in watching it and listening to fans on social media, it was a huge hit because you guys provide all these backstories that fans just don't get watching the race in real time. And now looking back on it, it was just such an eye-opening moment, and, and the fan response was tremendous. So I'm just curious. If NBC, Peacock, someone's thinking about putting this in the works where you guys do this going forward, because I think it was a huge hit. Well, listen, we had a good time doing it. Oh, it was great. fun, but yeah. we didn't know we were going to do it, right? right it was right, just right, spontaneous. Right. It just happened, yeah. and I think that was part of the fun. The fans didn't know it was coming. We didn't know it was coming, and, you know, sometimes a surprise is really fun, and I, and I, I just think that that was part of what made that special. Yeah, yeah, Brad, I'd like to get no your thoughts. I had a blast. Oh, it, it, you know what, what What it did for me is I was sitting there, and someone asked me, do you remember this race? I said, yeah, I do remember this race. I said, where were you at? And I turned around. I was like, I was sitting right there 20 years ago. I don't, I don't feel that old. 20 years ago, I was sitting right there watching the race with Bill France Jr., who, uh, like I talked about, had, had come to that, that race in July, which normally he would kind of skip. But since we had had the, the tragic loss of Dale Earnhardt Sr. five and a half months before, he came. And he asked me to come along with him. And I sat there and watched that unfold. And to go back and look at that race and watch the finish. And, and the thing that, that sticks out to me, I talked about seeing the cameras flash that night. But the raw speed that Junior had that night was just so impressive <laughs> under those lights. And I mean, 
He was just hammer down. He was fearless. He was hauling the mail. And just watching that white race car lead the freight train around that racetrack, he was boogieing, man. It was uh, it was all inspiring. It'd be a heck of a heck of a movie, no doubt about it. I will say this: that I'm not going to say Jeff, you and I relive, you know, every lap of the old races, but uh, we have a lot of conversation about old races. And so, to Kyle's point, it would be fun to relive a few. Uh, but I think it has to be the right time at the special place, and that yeah. rain to land Daytona is the perfect time. Um, I think a cold beverage, an old race, and that might have to go on Peacock. But uh, <laughs> it would be a lot of fun for sure. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to we're going to relive some drivers' nights and some interviews from some guys who were in the race, and hopefully some more calls. We'll be back in just a little bit. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. My emotions were shot as soon as, uh, as soon as we took the green on the last green white checkered. Um, I couldn't even believe we finished seventh. The, the getting through that last crash, coming to the line, um, it was a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, going to Homestead, running for Xfinity Series championships, were a lot of fun. Really exciting, really nerve wracking. But um, what a roller coaster it is to be on the bubble going into Daytona and run the back of somebody and have all the issues we did at the end there. Um, Almost felt helpless there, but we didn't give up and we fought through it. I don't know what I don't even know how to smile at this point. I'm, I'm, it was a lot tonight, but I'm excited to be past it and excited for the first three races that are coming up here in the playoffs. What's that mean to this team and you? Uh, it's a big deal. Um, it is uh, really tough competition here in the Cup Series, and to make the playoffs is tough. And uh, it's been a it's been a tough year for us, but uh, to go to Loudon and get the win there was. Uh, really huge for our team and our organization. So our 750 package has definitely been uh, our strength, and uh, the first round of the playoffs looks like it plays our strength. So excited to uh, get going here in the playoffs and see if we can't uh, make a run at it. I got hit in the, in the left rear quarter panel, um, and then we wrecked a lot. But everybody on our unibet uh, Ford Mustang did a, did a good job. We had a shot there at the end, and that's all you can ask, and, and um, just wound up in a wreck. Yeah, that's that's really as far far ahead as I look. Is is one week at a time. Um, you know, we go to Darlington and tracks a little bit different uh, off off a of turn two and just go race. Well, there you go. There's those all three <laughs> of those guys. They, if you look at our our playoff standings going into this weekend, uh, the three guys we just interviewed, they don't look very good right now. They got a lot of work to do uh, toward the end. But uh, there you go, Harvick, Reddick, Almarola. Uh, 
What do you what do you have to say about Harvick? Well, this is what I'll say about this whole playoff standings. Take Kyle Larson out. Ryan Blaney and Kevin Harvick is 22 points. That can almost be accomplished in two stages. So I think that the standings are less uh, of an important figure in my mind than the momentum or the approach. And I say that because then I want to go back to Harvick, right? So Redick, I'm concerned, seemed exhausted. I know what it's like to kind of work your way in, the amount of effort you put in both physically and emotionally to get forward. It'll be interesting to see if they can finally reset and found the energy in this first round. Um, Harvick, I just have a real question mark moving forward. I've not seen anything out of the four car other than a few bubbles here or there. No real glimpses of hope of anything that I think could be something magical. Um, so I'm yeah. concerned for Harvick. I just, I just think he doesn't even sound like himself. I think the sleeper down there, Brad, is Eric Almirola because I feel like they didn't think until New Hampshire that they had any shot of being in the playoffs. So I'm not saying they're going to run any faster, but sometimes being the underdog can be an advantage if you just enjoy the moment. And I think the 10 car yeah. can enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think the issue is going to be for that four team, just they just haven't had the speed all year long. I mean, you think back to last season, the beginning of the season, between the four and 11, I mean, the speed of those race cars was just unbelievable. And uh, to, to this season, just, man, they cannot, see, no matter where we go, seem to pick up pace. So I think that's a problem. Uh, the 10 team, you know, I don't think there's a ton of expectation. Uh, they're having some of the same struggles that the four coming from the same camp, even though they ran well at Loudon. But there, there doesn't, there doesn't seem to be overall tremendous amount of speed in that race car either. I think if I'm in this, this situation, I'm really concerned because it seems to me that those Hendrick cars, Anytime we jump back into the playoffs, they kind of do a double reboot. They start out a little strong, and they get stronger. So I'm scared to death of this becoming the Kyle Larson Invitational over these next 10 races because I think those, those Hendrick cars are going to take it up. They're going to wick it up even further, and they're going to be a problem to deal with over these next 10 weeks. Well, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think, I think they're going to be really difficult to deal with. Um, but, you know, I think there's an opportunity here. I mean, you talked about Harvick. We haven't seen the speed. But, you know, Kevin Harvick is a really smart race car driver. And, yeah. you know, I know if you look at the points and you look at all that, you, it's easy to say, well, this has been a horrible year. But in some ways, it's been one of his best years because his cars are slow. And he's still found yeah. a way to manage it and found a way to plow through and get points and do all those kinds of things. And uh, I don't know if that's going to be enough. I think they can get through this first round of the playoffs I think, because I think Kevin Harvick We'll pull them through this first round of the playoffs. But after that, yeah. I think it's going to be really, really difficult. Uh, but I, I just think that his, his mindset is, yeah. is he, he can help pull them through in his skill. Marvin, what do you have for us? How you guys doing tonight? How you doing, Brad? Good, Marvin, good. Hey, guys, I got a question for you. We're heading into Darlington, and uh, as we're heading into the round of 16, my question for you guys is: After Bristol, who are the who are your guys' four unofficial drivers out heading into the round of uh, twelve? Ooh. Now we got to run right. the race first, Marvin. What are you talking about? You, we can't. What? That is tough. Uh, I'll Put see what these the two guys saying, and I'll I'll follow up with whatever they're saying. All right. Here, here. I, I, I tell you what. Let's do this by committee. Let's do this by committee. Do, are, right. do we think that Almirola and McDowell can get out of the first round? I do not. No. I don't. No. Okay. All right, so there's two. So we got, we'll take those two out. All yep. right. So now, with, I mean, I know that Harvick's sitting there in 16th, but he's only 13 points behind six. 
in three races. Yep. That's not a lot of points. All nope. right, so who are the next who are the next two, Steve? Well, I think the battle is going to be between Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, and Kevin Harvick. I think between yep. those three, one of them advance. Uh, I may or may not put Kurt Busch in there, but man, I'll even go to Kurt Busch. How about that? Uh, Kurt Busch, Bell, Reddick, and Harvick, two are in and two are out. It's going to be as simple as that. I don't yeah. think Harvick has the equipment, nope. but I have to look at Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick's experience. And for that reason, I'm putting them in, which takes Christopher Bell, McDowell, Almirola, and Reddick. Those are my four that aren't moving forward. All right. You ready, Brad? I'm taking, I think Christopher Bell and Kevin Harvick are in. So I've got Bush, Almirola, Reddick, McDowell out. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got McDowell and Almirola. I'm going to go deeper up there. I'm going to say Keselowski's out. I just Ooh. have not. Man, I might have missed that one. That's a good pick. Uh, I yeah, have not yeah. seen it from them. I think there's That's a true. lot going on, and yeah. I just haven't sp- seen the speed. I think I think they're all capable of getting it gathered up and focused, but everybody else will get gathered up and focused too, and I just haven't seen it from them. Ah, my last one. That's a tough one. I don't know. I I, I they all have experience now. I don't look. I'm gonna you know, can Tyler Reddick. Can he put his emotions aside and go toe-to-toe with these guys? That, to me, is the question. And so until you've done it, been there, fought these guys, so I would say for mine, Keselowski and, and, and Tyler Reddick, but I'm a Reddick fan. I, I, I love to watch him race. I think he's a lot of fun. Uh, but but it is a, you, you're going toe-to-toe with the very best. Well, so, you know, I love my notes. I love my notes, love my paper. Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, Tyler Reddick, all first time show up in the playoffs. I just think, much like we talked about that Daytona race, and you have to be up front to figure out how it works. I think, surprisingly, follow me on this, COVID is actually going to make it a little easier for these three. Yeah. Because they're not on the media tour. They're not on the media blitz. They may not be, but I tell you what I'm not sure they're ready for. When these 16 guys line up at Darlington, I have seen it. That's not the same Kevin Harvick. No. Last week, he probably had his hand on your shoulder, chumming you up, going to Daytona this thing. <laughs> These guys right here, the reason Kevin Harvick's a champion, Kurt Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, I say them because they're kind of the bottom half of the playoff field. They've been here. They are, will not be nice. It's like the giving, hey, Brad, I'll give you a heck of a putt on the first hole, but you're going to putt it out yeah. on the 18th, right? Well, these guys here, they're on the 18th hole. These guys are in the playoffs. They're here, and I think they have a different gear. I think these veterans are going to find a new gear, and, and I, I think Christopher Bell has a long career of the playoffs and probably a championship, but this is going to be one he remembers, which will be his first trip into the playoffs. You know, I agree with that. I think, but I, I'm going to switch up, and I'll switch 10 times before we get off the show. I think you're right about Keselowski. I think Keselowski's out. I think the playbook over at Penske's closed for him. I think he's out. I think that Bell is out just because of what you're talking about. I do that the, the, the mind games that these guys will play, and he's very competitive. He wants to do well. I think Tyler Reddick could be in, though, and just what Jeff had touched on, he's such a free spirit in that race car. He has so much fun. And he's, su- he's having such a great time just driving the race car. He may be above some of that stuff. And just let just let the skill do the talking. So this is this is interesting. It, it can go in so many ways. But I think Tyler Reddick is free-spirited enough, free-spirited enough 
that he could just go in there and let it happen and, sh- and shock all of us and still be swinging the next round. So I think Keselowski's out. I agree with it. So I have an interesting one, and I think it's an easy answer, but uh, I'm going to extend it because I think if I said, hey, do playoff drivers win the first three races, it's an easy yes, right? We're 26 in and they've won them all. I think the question I have is, do playoff drivers win the next 10 weeks? Does anyone who didn't make the playoff, we've seen Jeff Gordon do it a couple times in his career, you know, is there someone who missed the playoffs, an Austin Dillon or somebody that we think can upset a playoff field, or... The 16 start up front every week. You and I just talked about it. We don't love it, but first through 16 will be playoff drivers. I just think that that advantage alone, these playoff drivers are going to dominate the next 10 weeks. Oh, I agree 100%. Now, if you get knocked out of the second round, could you win a race? Yes, I think you win a race. Yeah, fair. So, so, and and back to what what Steve just said, remember – when when they line up at Darlington, if you're in the playoffs, you're gonna you're gonna start first through sixteenth. They're still gonna use the same formula they've been using right. points, but they're in their own bucket. time and finish from the previous race. They're still yeah. gonna use that to set the field. But if you're top sixteen in points, the worst you're gonna start at sixteenth. That's a major advantage to those playoff guys. You take the best teams, put them in front. Is it okay? I don't love that. I don't love it either. I, okay. I, 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 but, I don't love it. But if we hey, listen, if we could just qualify. That make, would like, make me way happier. But, okay, fair. Right, so right. That's well, a great I, question. But no doubt. I'm going to throw, no I wanna throw one more win. name. I, yeah. Brad, I want to throw one more name, and you can't throw stuff at me. Steve can. Somebody <laughs> I'm concerned about going into these playoffs is Martin Truex Jr. No, I that's fair. am I really concerned. I am not seeing I it. I just I am not seeing it. They're having poor finishes. I, I don't know. They're I not agree. the same. To, to me, he and Denny Hammond were the leaders at Joe Gibbs racing. Kyle Busch has taken them over. Kyle Busch is outrunning them frequently. Kyle Busch has more speed than they do now. Truex and his team have become very inconsistent. Truex is Mr. Consistency. That's who he is. But I just don't see so, it. I'm so, concerned about it. So concerned, not for the first round, but you mean continuing on? Because uh, here's here it would be, be my a opinion. major upset. Okay. So I think the first round for Truex is vital not because he might be eliminated. I think he's easily through. But because, to your point, it's easy to say, ah, it's a summer. We're trying stuff. We're doing this. We're doing that. But now you're in the playoffs, right? Now you're going to have to really make it happen. So, Brad, from my mind, when I look at Truex, I think he's one that could become a contender, could become a favorite in this first round, or he can just continue to kind of – meander through the top 15 right but but if they can find that magic they had early in the season if that's somewhere on a can in the shelf and they could take it back off the shelf then i'll be impressed no boy i i don't think it's going to happen i mean from half half season on that team has just lost pace i mean you you watch and 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 denny's fast pretty fast most weekends kyle bush seems to figure out a way to get a little more speed out of his car that was not there last year there's still something there that's a miss with them as far as finding that little bit of incremental speed week after week after week. Uh, and Denny, I mean, Denny, Denny Hamlin has not won a race, guys. And if, and if you're up front, if you're one of the big boys, if you've got speed, you're going to have multiple opportunities to grab that checkered flag. So if he's not won a race. So I'm looking at Martin Truex after we get through half the season. He is not the same guy. This is not the same performance that we're used to seeing. He has been in the conversation the last five years, every weekend, no matter where we went. Road courses, it doesn't matter if it's a mile and a half, even the short track, he's been in the conversation. This last half of the season, nothing. And they, they look, they don't look fast. They don't look 
They don't look like they've got their mojo. Uh, but the biggest thing is just that incremental speed is not there. And everyone else, watch. Those Chevrolets are going to get faster. They're going to get faster. The Fords are still searching, but they've got some speed in parts of the Ford camp. It's there. The Toyotas, they're just there. They're just, they're just okay. And I don't think it's good enough. I have my Darlington pick, but I'm going to wait for later in the show. All right, so listen, NASCAR put Daytona, the last race of the regular season, for a reason, and they put Darlington, Bristol, Richmond, the first three races of Ooh. the first, you know. Pull them things tight. Yes. Pull them belts so tight. Oh. what's going to happen? Yeah. But we, we just talked about Martin Truex Jr. Uh, we gave us our thoughts about, you know, his playoffs, but when we come back, we will get to hear what his thoughts are about his playoffs. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I feel like we're we're in a good spot, you know, mentally and uh, as a group. So just looking forward to the opportunity. Uh, most fun part of the year, most exciting part of the year, and the part of the year that uh, myself and our team likes the most. So we're ready to go. Guys got crossed up, and um, I don't know if anybody even touched me. I just lost it. So uh, it was a disappointing effort on, uh, on my part, I guess. Um, thought I had it straight, and then I didn't. And then I don't know who came out of nowhere, but just T-boned me. So that was uh, right there. That was fun. See what we can do next week. I feel good. I mean, uh, you know, Darlington, Richmond, good tracks, and you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how we do. I feel good. Uh, team, I think we're in a great place as a team. We just literally cannot stop getting crashed. <laughs> I mean, it's been uh, my goodness. It's been uh, it's been a rough stretch here. Um, you know, kind of mostly throughout the summer, but just even lately. You know, the last couple weeks, just getting. You know, having really strong runs and getting run into. So uh, it's part of racing, I guess. Sometimes you uh, go through those spells. But team's in a good place. I feel like we're running well, and, and our cars are strong, and we've got some good tracks in the playoffs. So see if we can uh, kick it off at Darlington with the way we, le we left there. Uh, Josh Williams did a great job again, my spotter. You know, he's, he's gotten really, really good at this stuff, and it's uh, cool to be successful. And honestly, it's just so cool to win Daytona. You know, I, I grew up here watching my dad run for so many years in the 500, and you know, the July race back then, and uh, very special to be in victory lane. I uh, can't wait to talk to him on the phone, I'll tell you that, that's for sure. Uh, Corey LaJoy gave me a great push. I mean, that's what it all comes down to, two weeks in a row. I've had really good pushers behind me, so I, I owe them, you know, big time for that. And uh, when we got the lead, you know, we just had to, you know, block the best we can, block, you know, the seven was fast, the four, 17, um, you know, and a lot of those guys, they were trying to get into the playoffs. They won, they were in. So really cool momentum for the playoffs. I, I'm looking forward to the 10 weeks. 
I think I read somewhere earlier this week where we had overcome, I think, 166 point yeah. you know, gap to Denny. So uh, I didn't think it was possible, but um, our team worked so hard all season or all of the regular season and uh, couldn't do it without Mr. H and Linda, all their support. And I honestly thought we would get off to a slower start than we did, mm -hmm. um, but I, I felt like we could you know, string together some good runs. Um, and we, we've had speed all, all season long, so we actually started off the year better than I thought. But uh, I didn't expect to go through that you know, stretch where we were winning you know, every week. But um, you know, with all the success that they had last year with Chase and, and the other three drivers, I knew that it was possible. Well, Kyle was interviewed in the, near the infield care center, so he wasn't happy. But the rest of them were very optimistic. Like, let's go. Let's bring it on. We're ready for the, ready for the playoffs. I'm going to tell you, Chase Elliott got me fired up. He doesn't say much. He's a pretty quiet guy. Brad, that man looked a little different. He wasn't missing words. He was a matter of fact. He's told us before he drives race cars to be in the position for the pressure. And right there, that looked like a driver to me that had had some discussions with Alan Gustafson. And I would say the, the, the wagons, they're circled around that 19. They look like they're fired up and ready to go. Yeah, he's very matter-of-fact, and uh, if I'm these guys, I'm not forgetting last year at Phoenix when uh, he started last, and halfway through that race, he was running first. So, uh, yeah, very serious, very businesslike. Uh, Going to be a handful, no doubt about it. I'm, it'll be interesting, though, to see how Martin Truex and those guys, you know, how they fare at Darlington. I think it's going to come right out of the box. We're going to see if the real Martin Truex stands up and what's going on. He's, he's right. They have been wrecked. They've been through some issues through the summer. But they just didn't look fast to me like we talked about. be interesting. We get to, we get to Darlington this week. It, we'll see who's who and who's got what because every lap is going to matter. Uh, and these guys are going to be fighting for these points. It'll be fascinating by the time we leave there to see who's still standing. All right, let's get back to the calls. Let's start with uh, Willie from Alabama. Hey, uh, I, I have a, a two-part a two question. There's a five or six past champions that are going for the championship. Do you think any of those guys will win the championship? And two, do you think that Chase Elliott can go back to back? All right, Steve, we're going to give you this one. All right, seven championships in the field. Truex, Bush, Elliott, Logano, Keselowski, the other Bush, and Harvick. Um, I think there's... Two past champions in the final four, but I'm not going to say if I think one can win it or not. If it is, it's going to be uh, Kyle Busch or Chase Elliott. If even if the champions win, it's going to be Kyle Busch or Chase Elliott. Kyle Busch or Chase Elliott. You're, you're, if you have to have a down. champion, it's going to be – I have my four picked out. But Brad? He's nope. Still in. Kyle Larson's <laughs> going to win it. I don't care what you say. I don't care who you say. Kyle Larson's going to wax these boys behind these next ten weeks. Write it down, put it in the bread box, do whatever you want to do with it. Kyle Larson wins this championship. <laughs> I think we got a wager. One round of golf. You get Kyle Larson, I get the field. I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what Chandler Chandler, he's from Indiana. Let's see what he what he thinks. Okay, thank you, Jeff. So Darlington's coming up this Sunday, and good luck to everybody. Um Back in May, Kyle Larson was so, so close to winning that race. And now we're coming back to it. Do you think he's going to get redemption after May? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think the thing with Kyle Larson, I think what he has learned uh, this year being in this with this race team and, and this organization is that 
you know, he doesn't have to overdrive that race car. I think in the past, one of the things that's kept him from winning 30 races in his career is just he would continue to put pressure on that race car and put it in positions that it was just a little bit overwhelming for the car. Right now, I think he's figured out that he can go out and he can run as hard as he needs to run, run the lines that he wants to run, and those Hendrick Motorsports cars are absolutely almost bulletproof. So, yeah, if he doesn't knock the fence down, which he'll probably get a little bit of it on, on Sunday, if he doesn't knock it down, I think he walks away with these boys on Saturday or Sunday. Excuse me. I, I don't have it. Kyle Larson's going to win two or three in the playoffs, but it's not going to be Darlington. Monday, write this down, Brad. Seven days from today, you're going to say, how did Steve know that Danny Hamlin was going to break no. through Darlington? That's the guy. No. No. <laughs> well, guess what? No. When we come back from break, guess who we're going to hear from? Denny Hamlin. So he'll call, we'll, <laughs> we'll get a chance to hear what he had to say after Daytona. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yeah, we need to start smooth and not make mistakes. Uh, three of my favorite tracks with Darlington, Richmond, Bristol. If the high groove comes in, uh, that's, that's where we make really good points up. But we'll see. Uh, it's just a matter of executing, keeping it clean, and uh, getting through that first round, and then it's on. I think we're pretty well-rounded at this moment. Um, you know, I, I look at, you know, what we had. Michigan was a top-five car. You know, Loudon was probably, you know, our strength. And, you know, you think of Phoenix – close to loud and it makes me feel really good if we're able to get to that point um the first round feels real good you, know, you think of you know darlington and richmond and bristol three of our best racetracks uh you know second round there's a couple wild cards in there uh you just never know so just got to maximize our days get every point we can adjust our strategy as we need to throughout it and uh you know the, the first goal is get into the championship four and to do that you got to get through each round so one race at a time every lap at a time and try to get every point we can we're, uh, we're excited. You know, we finished fourth in, at Darlington in, in the spring, and I feel like we'll have a good car there. So um, excited for the first round. Well, we don't have to make our, our performance doesn't need to be better. It just need to have some, like, something go our way. Um, you know, so I'm happy with our performance. We go each and every week and have uh, a great shot to win. There, you know, there, there's not one week where we're not one of the favorites. So it's like uh, I go into these next, you know, three weeks thinking, max points every every race and move on to the next round yeah it's uh it's been a rough couple weeks since the the two off weeks but leading into that we were pretty strong so um you know last year we were pretty awful all summer and then we got to the playoffs and 
were really on it all playoff run long. So um, I don't really think, you know, momentum matters or flipping a switch, like nothing like that. You just got to go do your job and execute. And we're not going to go do anything different. Uh, I think we're in a great spot and we're going to have great race cars. Just got to go execute. So, so what Alex Bowman was doing right there is convincing himself that the last few weeks don't matter. <laughs> That's what that was. And when, you know, drivers are talking to themselves as much as they are to the media. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, the pressure's on now. I mean, it starts. You've done a great job. Uh, got yourself into playoffs. Done what you needed to done, do. Uh, Kurt Busch called it. He said, hey, this first round, this is it. We're going to make up our points right here. This is our best tracks. We're going to be fine. Uh, it's just, but to me, it's interesting how all of them are approaching it. Some of them are one day at a time. Some of them look at it each stage, each grouping at a time. But as you know, it all starts. It all starts on Sunday, and it is really intense. We've seen drivers come out win the first two races of the playoffs and still not be a champion. So there's no guaranteed success just because you had success early. But what you can do is you can just take the pressure off. You win at Darlington, you're moving on to the next round. Your equipment, your approach, your time, your effort. Listen, we all want to make it sound like all these race teams have so much money and so much time that they're out there just, you know, roasting s'mores by the campfire at lunch with nothing else to do. These race teams are completely tapped out. Joe Gibbs Racing has every car in the playoffs. Hendrick Motorsports has every car in the playoffs. Team Penske, every car in the playoffs. Those three organizations, Brad, make up the top ten. So yeah. they have to give equal opportunity across their drivers. You're a team owner. You know one driver's in your ear, then yeah. the other driver's in your ear. You have to give them all the same thing, which means that you have to take advantage. If any of those guys can win, that's one car they don't have to worry about for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. And those three organizations, I think, you know, our champion's going to come out of one of those three organizations and, and one of these top ten cars. And if you think about it, it's not flip a switch time. You have to look back over the last several weeks and look for consistency and performance and who's been able to build a little bit each week and get a little bit better or at least be consistent. And you look throughout the lineup, throughout the names, obviously Ryan Blaney's going to jump out, but Larson's in there. Kyle Busch is in there. Chase Elliott's in there. Denny's been pretty consistent. I've seen a lot of Joey Logano. So those are the type of teams, those are the guys I'm looking at who I think will advance through and get through that. Like Joey said, that second round's a little, little iffy. But I think those are the guys that are going to be peaking by the time we make the turn to go to the last few races for the championship. So I'm looking back over the last few weeks, not just looking for guys talking about flipping the switch when we go to Darlington next week. I want somebody who's already flipped the switch and been working on these things. All right, so back to the calls real quick. Brooklyn, you you with us? Yeah, I'm here. How are you guys doing? We're great. Good. All right, well, um, obviously, to anybody who's watching the May the Playoffs, uh, congratulations. Um, so I don't know if the question before about the round of 16 was tougher, but in silly season and in the regular season, out of those, which do you think, what do you think was the biggest surprise so far this season? Ooh, that's a tough one. Thank you. This is my biggest shock of the two names that are winless that won so many last year. I'm still oh, yeah. shocked. Probably the thing at the top of my list is Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick being winless at this point. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, I put that above Michael McDowell. I had Michael McDowell winning a race before I had those two not winning a race. I mean, maybe a road course or a speedway. That's the shock for me, those two teams. Brad? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's huge. I think for me, and not, nothing against the, the, the team, but that, the 10 car winning it loud, I didn't see that coming. 
Uh, you know, they have, they have all struggled over at Stuart Haas all season long, no matter where we've been. And I did not see that coming. So that was a shocker, shocker to me. So uh, Michael McDowell's pretty big. Uh, the Denny and, and Kevin thing is massive. But this one, was, this one caught me off guard as well. I don't think we've seen it yet. I, I, think, I think the playoffs are going to be crazy. I think there's so much intensity. We have already talked about this first round of the playoffs. When I look at, to your point earlier, when I look at the leaderboard, clearly Kyle Larson is the favorite. Kevin Harvick was the favorite last year, didn't make it to Phoenix the chance to win a championship. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me any one of these names that don't make it to Phoenix or even to the last round. So I think, I think the, biggest, the biggest surprise yet to come. Hey, Steve, on Saturday, uh, we did something really cool with Daytona. We had a group that followed Ricky Stenhouse Jr. the entire day and, and really spent a ton, a ton of time with Ricky, kind of getting behind the scenes. What does a race car driver do? Wednesday on Motor Mouse, it, uh, you're going to be able to see that, that feature. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I know Ricky. I think he's a great person, a super prepared race car driver. Brad, he's your man. You tell us what yeah. we're going to see. He drives for you. What do you expect to see out of your driver? I'm going to tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see me holding that big trophy at Darlington this weekend, baby. Boom! <laughs> 47's coming to Darlington. We're going to watch them boys. We're going to be talking about my race team next Wednesday. Get ready. 47. Boom! I- I, you know what I wanted to see? I wanted to see a video of you with your crew chiefs after the race saying, what are you doing? And that's what I wanted to see. It'll be over. He's got long enough arms. He can get them both. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for calling in and joining us. We love this show. Wednesday, Motor Mouse, check it out. Appreciate you joining us. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.